What's going on, everybody? Thanks for stopping by to Casual Conversation with Will and Gary. You, my friends, are listening to episode number 38. And as always, I hope you guys enjoy the show. going on everybody how's it going casual conversation episode what episode is this gary 38 right right? 38 baby yeah (laughs) yeah that's right we got so many i i've lost count yeah yeah dude we're getting close to a million Uh, yeah (laughs) no i actually turned somebody onto the podcast with like less than an hour ago one of my classmates, I, I went to the, uh, if you want to call it a library, I went to this like computer room and one of my classmates just so happened to be there and we got to talking. She's like, oh, so are you going to the cabin? Which we'll, we'll talk about the cabin later. She's like, oh, are you going to the cabin? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to the cabin. She's like, oh, okay, I'll see you there. And I said, I'm going to be late because I got a podcast to run, baby. And that, that got a conversation going. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You got to let them know. You got to let them know. We got important stuff lined up, baby. Hey, speaking speaking of advertising the the podcast, I also want to mention that we are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we are now on, what are we on, William? Stitcher. Yes. Give a little info about the people that may not know about Stitcher, but you know, just let them know it's it's a platform. Yeah, yeah, I'll let them know. Actually, Stitcher is mainly used for Android devices. Um, Google Play has podcasts, like a podcast section of it, but you have to pay for Google Play Music. Um, Stitcher is free to use, and it's used by, um, I wouldn't say. I'd say 50% of Android users use use Stitcher. Not necessarily for Apple users, because you have Apple Podcasts for free. But uh, yeah, Stitcher is for the Android users. And we're on it. And we're on it big time. Free! Yeah, it's free. So, Android users, I don't know if we have any, but go check us out on Stitcher. We might just get like a huge influx of lists of downloads from Stitcher. I doubt it, but we'll see. Doesn't hurt to get on there. It's free. For sure. So, uh, what'd you do this week, Will? Dude, I didn't do much this week. Um, The county fair is going on at work, so that's taking up quite a bit of time. The county fair. Um, the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing a big series this week. Um, watched them last night. Cubs lost in a heartbreaker. <laughs> Extra innings. I hate the Cardinals. But, uh, no, man. Other than that, I've been playing guitar. I've been watching a lot of guitar videos, dude. Speaking of guitar videos, your guitar videos have been inspiring me to play. So, I've been, Ooh. I've been having a few jam set, a few solo jam sessions just trying to practice, but. Yeah, been playing guitar, um, working, watching baseball, man. That's basically it. 
Yeah. So, um, since you mentioned my guitar playing, I have recently converted my old personal Instagram account. I would, you know, I'd put pictures. I would put videos of me talking, videos of me playing music. I've recently converted that into a strictly, uh, I don't want to say strictly because I'm not a strict person, but it's a, it's a music account now. I'm, I'm posting things. I'm using it for musical expression. Um, I understand like, man, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that's like technically trained or going to go out and play uh, a lot of music because like I'm doing all of these, these other things. So I understand it's like, if I want to get out there, I've got to have some type of platform. And so I've got almost about a thousand followers on that. So I'm, I'm really going to try and, and grow that through, through media. Cause I, I definitely don't want to spend, like if, if I want to pursue music, which I, which I do, but I really don't want to be that guy that's always going around playing shows. Like I've got, I've got other things that supplement my income. But with today's world, man, it's it's so easy to get yourself out there. You don't know when you can you can blow up. That's not the goal, um, but the goal is to put it out there to where it is accessible for just about anybody. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, and I thought it was cool on your video. You tagged uh, this other guy that plays guitar on Instagram. I don't know if he's uh, like on youtube or whatever or if he's a musician he's obviously a musician i meant like in a band or something but dude he had like quite a few followers he had like 20 or thirty thousand, and he uh commented on your video and said it was cool you know i thought that was legit yeah his name is george collins and he just he's like he's like 18 19 years old he just got accepted into the berkeley school of music which is like that's like one of the two biggest schools in the world for musicians. Uh, and the fact that he got in for guitar playing is unbelievable. Uh, John Mayer is actually a graduate of the Berkeley School of Music. So it's, it's legit. And honestly, the song that I played, which was all along the Watchtower, what it was inspired from him like he had played it with some other girl that was a pianist and vocalist at berkeley and they they did an amazing job and so i'm I'm one of these people that sees somebody uh, that really knows their stuff i mean a dude that's literally going to school to learn the essence of music and i'm like i can do that i can do that so i, I just challenged myself and within a day or two I posted that video. So I'm just always, always learning, always progressing when it comes to music, but really just about anything that interests me. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool how, uh, you know, um, like the guitar Instagram community is like, or like another part of it came and saw your video, which, man, I was looking at it. Instagram is like one of the main platforms for people for people people to grow their not just not necessarily just their like following or their popularity but like a business or like um say their music or their art or just anything that they want to do it's like one of the main platforms people use to um 
promote their stuff, you know, which I found interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my that's my goal is to just give it an opportunity to grow. I mean, it may, it may not. Like I'm still I'm still growing in other areas, which we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But I, I love music, man. I love musical expression. I love writing music as as in like singer songwriter. I can't write actual music or read music. But it's something that I, I love to do and I'm gonna do it. So there you go. There you go. And I Jude, whenever you become famous, I'm gonna be your manager, just so you know. Yeah. I called it first. Dude, <laughs> yes, and so the, I'm glad you did because you called it. You called it a while back, and I actually had uh, one of my friends, one of my friends, visit me in Springfield this weekend, and I was playing him some of my original stuff, and he was like, "Dude," he's like, because he he plays music too, but he's like, "Dude," he's like, "I mean, I'm not asking to play in the band or anything, but when you get big, which." <laughs> is a long shot but he's like when you get big dude he's like i, I gotta be your manager and i said dude i've already got a manager bro <laughs> Ski! that's what i'm talking about <laughs> no and so speaking of music speaking of music uh grant actually got a hold of me and him and peyton his old girlfriend they are going to come up some weekend and we're going to record a whole bunch of videos, kind of keep them on, on stock and, and put them out, you know, you know, twice a week, once a week, whatever. Um, and that they're going to come up just so we can kind of record play. And that'll, that'll be an interesting, that'll be an interesting week. Dude, that sounds legit. That's what you got to do, Gary. And this is why I tell Gary to do this all the time, because one day I'm going to be his manager and I'm going to demand 40% of his, of his cut. So I want him to be, or I want him to be popular and make a lot of money. You got to keep putting out these videos, man. Consistency with the videos. You got to have it because your voice is good. Your guitar playing is good. They'll get better as time goes on, but they're good. So you got to keep putting out the videos. Let the people know, let the people hear you. Mm hmm. That's what I'm doing, man. That's what I'm doing. So, anyways, I don't know how we got off on that talking about your week. Oh, neither. But uh, yeah, the county fair. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. I I was saying how uh, um, I was playing guitar and stuff. But yeah, oh, the yeah. county fair. Okay, so <laughs> I got I got to talk about it. today. Okay, <laughs> okay. I show up to work, normal day, whatever. The fair is going on, so they have people working that, you know, clean up the, the premises, uh, pick up trash, all that stuff. But I do that in the morning, too. I'll go around, you know, pick up any big trash I see, whatnot. So I'm riding around on our gator, and uh, I'm just in the parking lot. we got a pretty big parking lot. You know, it's probably, um, our building is like 40,000 square feet. The parking lot's like four or five times as big. So it's a huge parking lot. It's probably, just think of like a normal Walmart parking lot or whatever. And I'm out there picking up trash, and out of the corner of my eye, I see these miniature horses, and they're just prancing along, just chilling in the parking lot, just like walking around. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, where did these horses come from? Because the fair, they don't have a petting zoo or like any horses, like 
they definitely weren't from someone at the fair. They're just these horses in the parking lot. And uh, <laughs> they're just outside chilling, you know? So I was like, man, I wonder if I should call somebody. So I go find somebody in charge. I'm like, hey, man, there's like three horses out here just chilling in the parking lot. He's like, okay, well, I'll call somebody, see if they can come get them. So uh, a few police officers show up, and they're trying to rank, <laughs> like wrangle them up. <laughs> and they're just like running all over the place, juking them. Like, <laughs> Dude, they're so fast, but they're like miniature Shetland ponies. <laughs> but they can't catch them. They're like riding around in their cars trying to catch them. So then these kids come out there with like ropes and stuff, and they're trying to rope them. Can't get them, dude. They're just out there breaking ankles, snapping necks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Animal Control shows up, and they got like these long, like hook things that they're like trying to grab them with. Still can't get them, dude. They are like <laughs> turning and burning, like turn the jets on. You can't catch them. And <laughs> eventually they just run off into this field and they disappeared. So I don't know if they ever got found or if they're dead or what happened to them, but that was fun. That is, wow. I didn't realize horses were so elusive. Dude, horses are dangerous, man. So, and Bro, just to horses preface are this really freaking quick, crazy. Bro, just to preface this, I for some reason I have an aversion to horses. I really don't like horses. I know you don't like horses that much either. Because I had to ride one. No. I had to ride one when I was a little kid, and it like it just it didn't like buck me off or anything. But I just freak. I was just freaked out. So I don't like horses. But I watched this video. Uh, Nature is metal. If you don't follow that account, by God, you need to. It's on Instagram. Nature is metal. It is like no hold back. Like actual things that happen in nature. Highly recommend one of my favorite accounts. It's not for the faint of heart, but you still need to follow it. Anyways, they had this video on and it was these, it was like $60,000 horses. These, these like horses that were made to breed, like they just got great genes or something. So it's like these guys are in the arena and they're trying to breed these two horses. And so the female's just not, just not having it. And she's she's getting all riled up, and she like is is kind of like bucking, and she turns around and like kicks in the air, and her hoof connects with the I, I don't know the technical terms, but the male horse right in his head, and instantaneously kills the horse, like just dro- just drops dead, and I'm like. <laughs> What? Like that's a sixty thousand dollar horse that just died because another horse kicked it in the face. So I, I'm a little, I'm a little leery of horses, to be honest. Dude, I remember watching that and like, I assume that was like the owner or the trainer that was like in there with him, and he, he looked so stunned and bewildered at what just happened. It's like. He was like tapping the horse, trying to get it to, move, <laughs> but it was, it was it's, completely I mean, it's dead. Not, it's not fun. It's not Bro. funny. It really isn't that funny, but it's 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 so surprising that it it elicits a laugh. It really does. You're like, what the heck just happened? 
<laughs> dude uh speaking of that well not that but today <laughs> those horses dude they were so fast when they were like at a full tilt sprint but they were doing this thing they were like kind of like galloping or trotting and dude it looked like they were gliding across the ground like it looked like their hooves weren't even touching the ground it was like they were moonwalking forward across the ground it was so cool it's like a gazelle hovering across the serengeti <laughs> the serengeti dude speaking of serengeti you need to watch this show it was on uh either national geographic or science channel called serengeti and it's like a real life lion king i, I don't i can't tell if it's kind of um cgi fake or not i don't think it is but they follow like this baboon this lion this zebra and this elephant in like their everyday life like out in the serengeti and it's really cool i'd highly recommend it to anyone that likes those type of shows and it's called serengeti yeah and the serengeti and the intro song serengeti and the intro song is pretty cool it's like serengeti Oh yeah, you did that justice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Wow. So man, the, anyway. thing that, the thing that brings me back about county fairs is uh when we used to get out with Miss Rooney for the farmer for a day and go help the little chitlins with whatever games they had going on. <laughs> And then Mr. Evans, yeah, dude. like, okay, so we never, we never showed animals, but I remember like ag class was an absolute joke with Miss Yolanda. <laughs> we didn't do anything in, in ag <laughs> class when the fair was going on, bro. <laughs> Miss Yolanda, bro. Holy cow. That wasn't even her name. If we I, just called her Miss Yolanda. If I, I saw, if I saw Miss Yolanda today, I'd give her a big old hug. <laughs> Dude, I would want to call her by her actual name, but I honestly don't remember it. I just remember Miss Yolanda. L- That's it. <laughs> Loretta. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever called her that. I always call her Miss Yolanda. Uh, no, I haven't either. Didn't, Bra- <laughs> didn't Braylon start calling her that? Dude, I don't know who started calling her that. I don't know why we started, even started calling her that to begin with. but. I don't know, man. Well, my but, week was very uh, educational, to say the least. So I did a different rotation, um, and the rotation was a dialysis clinic, which I will go into that because I thought I knew about dialysis. and. I guess I kind of did, but I didn't. There's a lot to it. I just want to shine shine a light on what that is, the effects that, that that has on somebody's quality of life, and how you can honestly prevent that from occurring. So I'm just going to kind of go into this. I met some lovely ladies, two uh, women. They're Oh, probably around 60, 50, some, something like that. They're, they're older. Uh, one of them actually went and did her schooling at the NIH, the National Institute of Health. I don't want to butcher it. I think that that's either in 
Massachusetts or New Jersey. Anyways, very uh, research-based. She's a very, very smart, uh, very intellectual individual. Uh, and the other one had been doing uh, dietetics for like 30-something years. So, I mean, it was just it was just insane listening to these gals talk about nutrition and kidney disease. So let's talk a little bit about what dialysis is first. So dialysis, when your kidneys start failing, and we'll talk about what the kidney is. The kidney, basically, it's like your filter. It's like any fluid, any uh, electrolytes, salts, any like smaller minerals that you're ingesting into your body, they're going to get filtered out through your kidneys. So let's think about what happens when those don't work. Uh, things get backed up. Uh, if you think about like a like a sewage system, like they or or water filtration system, like a water plant that supplies a, a town, it's uh, it's water. It's like if that gets backed up, it's like all of those minerals and toxins and whatnot. It's like they have nowhere to go. And it's the same with the body. It's like you get backed up, you start accumulating fluid everywhere you start swelling in medical lingo we call that edema um it's just not it's not a good thing and so <clears throat> where dialysis comes in you can <clears throat> imagine dialysis kind of being like an artificial kidney and that's that's what they call it the dialyzer they call it an artificial kidney it's like a little it's like a little tube that your your blood goes through well one type of dialysis there's many types we won't go into all that but um, basically, these people come in, they, they're diagnosed with chronic kidney disease uh, and end-stage renal failure, and they'll come in, depending on how bad it is, I mean, you could come two times a week, you could come five times a week to this clinic, and you're spending about three to four hours, and if, if you're a, a bigger person, it could be around five hours, and that's that's two to four times a week that you're having to come in and you uh, utilize dialysis. And if you don't, yeah, this is the kicker. If you don't do that, you die. I mean, it's, it's just that plain and simple. If you can't get rid of the things that need to get out of your body, you're, you're not going to make it. And so it really, it really opened my eyes up. Uh, you know, you, cause you, you got the offices that you go in and you, you work the patients up. You, you look at all their history. You look at, you know, you look at their previous weights, making sure that we're taking off uh, adequate amounts of fluid because we weigh them before they dialyze and after they dialyze. And once you do all that, you walk out on this floor and it's just like all these uh, recliner type things with TVs in front of them. And there's just people sitting just sitting there with these huge needles in their arm and their blood is coming out of them going in a machine it's cleaning all the stuff out and it's putting it back into them and that's that's acting as their kidney because their kidneys don't work anymore so it really man it really showed me talking to some of those people like i think i think the statistic that the administrator of the facility was saying around 70% of people with kidney failure that are using dialysis are depressed. And I don't doubt it. I mean, they're literally spending, if you're, say you're spending 
three and a half hours, three times a week. Think about how much time you're sitting there doing something you have to do that you don't want to do. And if you don't do it, you, you either feel really, really, really bad, even if you skip a couple treatments, or you die. So I just, I just kind of wanted to put that into perspective. Yeah, dude, that's actually insane. I've, they actually they have a dialysis clinic in Conway, which is where me and Gary lived for a long time. But um, Vita. I never really knew. Th- yeah, I never really knew the extent of what went into it. And honestly, I didn't know that they had an. I guess I didn't know necessarily what dialysis was, but I didn't know they had a needle in your arm. I thought it had something to do like they would put a a tube or something in your urinary tract, I guess is what I was thinking about. I don't know why, just because your kidneys and peeing, but uh, I guess that that makes more sense um, of them using the blood and whatnot. But I had a question. What was I going to ask? Um, oh, I remember what I was going to ask. Like with dialysis, you said people go in to have kidney failure or just, I can't remember what else you said. You can tell me here in a second. But um, is there any way that they can like, minimize the times that they have to go in or if someone has kidney failure is that just the way it has to be or can they do something um to like make it less well not make it less um i don't know what i'm trying to say can they can they do something to where they don't have to go in there as much basically is what i'm saying to where it improves their quality of life basically is what you're saying yeah Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll go in a little bit deeper. So yeah, there's different types of dialysis, and talking about we'll talk about how they do it first. So you were talking about how uh, you would think they'd put something in the urinary tract and, and pull pull that out. Well, there's there's two main issues with that. First, that's <laughs> that's really painful. Um, secondly, that yeah, is just that is in, in, inviting. Uh, some type of infection, like a UTI, urinary tract infection. So what happens uh, initially when they realize somebody is having kidney failure, um, they'll put a catheter kind of up in the, you're like near your right shoulder usually, and they'll, they'll use that. It's a, it's a catheter, just like one that you would shove in your, in your, uh, you know, urinary tract. And, uh, except it goes basically uh in a in a vein like right right by your heart so that's that's kind of dangerous too so what they do is there there's a few different options but if you're going to do the hemodialysis which is where they take your blood they insert or they they surgically place this thing called a fistula which is basically they they connect in your arm either either your forearm or your upper arm they'll connect a vein and an artery together and it, i mean it's huge like it, like you see you can noticeably visibly see somebody with a fistula i mean it doesn't it it'll look like a huge lump in your arm and they'll use that to access cuz they have to put two two different needles in your arm one for venous blood flow and one for arterial blood flow. And uh, that's how they hook up. That's the preferred method if they're going to do it with your blood. And yes, you can come to a center to do that. And, and most people do. I mean, because the nurses will do everything. It's kind of like the easy button for dialysis. But 
you have to show up and you have to be there all, all the time. So there are options with the the hemodialysis where you can actually take a, a machine home like you and the thing is insurance like they unless you're with a private uh facility that does dialysis like Davida uh the non for profit or for non profit centers which they're like there's a government mandate that if somebody's failing like you have to give them dialysis you can't deny them dialysis uh they'll they'll give you a machine that that you take home now there's a lot of training like 4 to 5 weeks of training that that will go into that and they recommend that you bring somebody with you to get trained as well because uh, it's it's not that it can't be done but sticking yourself is not something that most people want to do on top of that being clean being aseptic being able to stick yourself and maintain all of the equipment without risk of infection that's that's the tough part so there's another form of dialysis though that, that we haven't talked about and it's called peritoneal dialysis which is basically where they put a tube this little tube that kind of sticks out of your stomach i mean it constantly just kind of hangs out of out of your stomach and you have this membrane in it's kind of near your pelvis area it's a membrane that acts as a filter called your peritoneum uh and people do that too but basically what they do is they inject this fluid that attracts all of the toxins uh out of your your bloodstream to this fluid so basically what you do and this is this is going to sound really uncomfortable but this is what people do that don't want to sit in a dialysis uh clinic all the time and they'll do this 6 to 7 days a week about four or five times a day, it takes about 45 minutes each time, they'll put this fluid through their tube, and it's, it's usually about, about two to three liters of fluid. So just imagine you got two or three liters of fluid sitting in your abdominal cavity that has to be there for, I don't know, it's like six to ten hours to, to pull off the fluid. And... uh it's it's just not not very comfortable. I mean, you eventually take that off, but people walk around saying they don't have any appetite because they feel full all the time. They have all this fluid that they're using that they have to put in them in order to filter out all of the toxins in their blood. It's it is a nasty nasty disease and either way you look at it, yeah, you can go in a clinic, you can do your own uh, hemodialysis at home, or you can get that tube surgically put in your a- uh, abdomen. Um, and you, you have to do one of those. And one of them takes a lot of work. The other, you know, the nurses will do it for you. But you, do, you don't do that. You, you die rather, rather quickly, honestly. Wow. That's kind of insane. <clears throat> that it's so intricate like that i didn't know i mean it's not necessarily intricate but there's a lot of steps and preventative maintenance that needs to be taken so you don't you know something bad Mm -hmm. doesn't happen i was also gonna ask um like you said most people that go in there have kidney failure or um something to that effect is there any way that you can or like i guess what i'm what are ways that you could mess up your kidneys that would eventually lead to kidney failure. Like 
I'm not trying to be funny at all, but just like drinking a bunch of um a bunch of like sugary drinks or like these drinks with a bunch of salt or whatever or just not drinking enough water like is there is there things that people do to um decrease the functionality of their kidneys that we don't know about for sure and i can i can sum it up in two disease states you have diabetes and hypertension otherwise known as high blood pressure so the reason that diabetes uh makes your kidneys fail is because when you constantly have high blood sugar your kidneys will start taking preventative measures and and excrete that sugar through your urine and doctors will they'll do urinalysis to determine whether or not you're you're peeing out sugar and that's a usually a pretty good sign that you're you're diabetic um because you're not supposed to do that. And when your kidneys start doing that and they do that a lot for a long period of time, it's like that that wasn't meant to happen. So that sugar going out, I mean it's it's just like using a a filter that's like it's not meant to filter a certain substance and if you keep on filtering that substance, the filter is eventually going to wear out. I mean, your body is a piece of hardware. So diabetes, uh so sugar control is definitely definitely on that almost almost uh i I don't want to throw out any crazy numbers but because i I don't know them off the top of my head but a lot of people with kidney failure have diabetes and that's kind of one of the root causes for that now the other one hypertension otherwise known as high blood pressure just imagine uh, a plumbing system uh and Imagine you just keeping a super high pressure, like a PSI per pounds per square inch, on that 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 pipe or that piping system for long times. Like, say this piping system can only hold a hundred pounds of pressure per square inch, and you're putting a hundred and fifty pounds of pressure on that pipe for a long period of time. Like, what's going to eventually happen to that plumbing system? It's going to bust, baby. It's going to, you're exactly right. It's going to bust. And the only difference between the two is we can turn off the, the water in a, in a house or in the plumbing. We can turn the water off, go in, fix the pipe, and, and identify where we need to fix the pipe, first of all. Uh, but with your kidneys, it's like, dude, your blood's flowing all the time. You take blood flow away from your heart for really just any time you're going to go into cardiac arrest and die. So ways that you can avoid high blood pressure. Um, and this, this is a bit controversial in some communities, but it is true. It's like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna limit my salt intake necessarily. Cause I don't have high blood pressure. And I, I mean, in saying that I'm not pouring salt, like just heaps and heaps of salt on my food, but decreasing your salt and limiting your salt intake is definitely a good way to manage your high blood pressure. So, those are the two main those are the two main factors for kidney failure. It's and they, there's a big thing there's a big thing in the US where they're they're wanting to push for people to get out of dialysis centers and go home do their own hemodialysis 
and improve the quality of their life. And in, in my opinion, they need to focus more on the root causes of the kidney failure in the first place. It's like, yeah, we want to improve the quality of the life that people of the people that are already suffering from that disease, but let's keep people from from getting that or acquiring that that disease state. Yeah, that's true. So basically, it sounded like you know, um, sugar and salt are the leading factors for kidney failure, which is basically what's in Coke or any kind of sugary drink like that. So, man, that makes me want to lay off the Cokes, dude. Not going to lie. I actually have been laying off Cokes for quite a while and drinking a ton of water since I've been given plasma, but that makes me want to lay off of them for real. I actually drank a Coke today. I kind of feel bad about it too, now that you said all that. So, something that you can do talking to your doctor, and this is this is an issue that I have been uh, alerted to this week, Kidney function labs are not really the standard uh, care for checkups. Like you go to your primary care physician and they're going to, I mean, they're going to check your electrolytes. They're going to do a blood count on you. But checking how your kidneys are functioning is not necessarily something that they're just going to say, oh, we need to, we need to check your kidneys. They're, they're checking your liver. They're checking your blood cells, your blood count and your all, all of that. They're not really looking at your kidneys. And if you catch, if you see, if you see labs that are elevated and are indicative of early stage kidney disease, you can take these measures. You can take these measures cutting back on sugar, cutting back on salt. And and if you if you know that you have high blood pressure or if you have diabetes, do these things. And if you have a family history, you may want to be a little more conscious. It's not necessarily that you have to never eat sugar again, which not eating a ton of sugar is good really for anybody, or that you have to never salt anything ever again. But you gotta you gotta be aware of these things or you're just gonna be shooting yourself in the foot. And and I, I understand like this this is and this is why I'm going into healthcare is because right now it's not healthcare. It's sick care. Like we're we're caring for the people that are already sick instead of keeping the healthy people healthy. So this this is my role. I'm so glad that that I have an opportunity to yeah, get on here and shoot the bull with with Will and talk to uh, whoever we we decide to bring on. But also I get an opportunity to to help educate a little bit on how to make your quality of life better. So he Heed what I'm saying. I, I, I assure you that it's in your best interest. Heed these words from Educator Gary. <laughs> or your kidneys will fail. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not making <laughs> no, fun. No, no, no. Don't take it like anyway. that. <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was just messing around. But uh, okay. Last thing with the kidneys. Um, <laughs> so say. Um, you get a kidney stone. Is that like an indicator that, hey, your kidneys probably need to take a break? Or is that just from causes not related? Okay, so I, I'm not a doctor, uh, but we actually had a patient ask that to uh, Dr. Nair, the nephrologist at Cox Health, while 
I was following him, kind of listened to him consult with patients. And he mentioned, one of the patients mentioned that I'd had a kidney stone. And does that have anything to do with my kidney failure? And these are the words of a doctor. These are not my words. Um, I mean, kidney stones are not good, but that that's not really indicative of kidney failure. So I would say not necessarily, but if you have a kidney stone, that, that may be something that should provoke you to maybe go to your nephrologist and say, hey, let's, let's check my, my kidney function. Or even your primary care, just say, let's, let's check and see how my kidneys are doing. And if it comes to it, they're elevated and they, they need to refer you to a nephrologist and you need to go and check that out for sure. Okay. I gotcha. I've never had a kidney stone. I'm just making sure. I've heard they suck. Just making sure. Yeah, for real. I've heard that too. My dad's had one before. Very. Jesse's had one. I don't know if I've ever seen him cry. I saw him. I saw him almost shed a tear with the kidney stone. He was laying in the fetal position on his bed, just sitting there, like in agony. I was like, "Wow, that looks terrible." <laughs> it was kind of. So, Will, to kind of change the yeah, subject, dude. what's up with the beef council, bro? Dude, okay. Like I said earlier, we were having the county fair uh, at the expo center where I work at. And as we were kind of alluded to earlier, one of the main um, the main things they do at the county fair is they, they show animals, and the animals are judged on, you know, um, how they look compared to their breed description or how well they are. And they also do showmanship, like how well the handler can maneuver and show off their animal while in the ring. But I've been seeing a lot of, on a lot of the vehicles there, it'll say like National Beef Council or Cattlemen's Association or Eat More Beef or stuff like this. And uh, I got to looking at it and there's a real debate in the United States um, with, uh, we'll just use the Beef Council, I guess, the National Beef Council. Is that a thing, Gary, the National Beef Council? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I know that each state has a Beef Council, but I'm sure they, they answer to some type of national direct, direction. Okay, I got you. So we'll just use the Beef Council. But the debate is whether or not, you know, meat is good for a, like eating meat, Every day is good for your sustainable health and like your diet and whatnot. And then also that cows, when produced in these huge farming scenarios, like just tons and tons of cows everywhere, um, release like CO2 and methane gas, which also hurt the environment. And I didn't know it was such like a, it's not really a, a touchy subject, but it's like a really heavy, heavily debated topic. And I just thought that was, that was very interesting about how it's like, I guess it's just like anything else. You just have two completely opposite spectrums where uh, there's not really anyone in the middle to kind of mediate between the two. Is that, does that make sense? It's like you have someone that's all for beef and like beef is great. They produce like so much food for the country and the economy and um, the methane gas topic. They say it's less than 2%, you know of the pollution in uh in a year or whatever. And then the other people are like, man, meat is terrible for uh for a uh, for your diet. Like you're not supposed to eat red meat all the time. 
which I can understand that. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to eat red meat every meal either, but you know, they, they take it to the extreme where they say, you know, you should hardly ever eat red meat and stuff like that. And they say that, uh, cows are terrible for the environment and whatnot. So, uh, what's, yeah. what's your take on that, Gary? First of all, red meat, it depends on who you're talking about. If I have an anemic patient, like red meat has a ton of iron. And if an anemic patient uh, doesn't have any other disease state and they're just anemic, one of the first things I'm going to say is try, try some red meat. Now, if they, have, if they have coronary artery disease or some other type of cardiovascular disease, like I'm definitely not going to say, hey, eat this saturated fat and cholesterol because your cholesterol already looks bad, so let's make it worse. So it's just it's individual thing. Now, in regards to the 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 CO2 admissions of cows, that is a touchy subject. We actually went on a, a beef and dairy farm tour a couple of weeks ago for the internship that I'm in. And it was like those farmers were so <laughs> defensive about about that that topic <clears throat> which they're right uh admissions from from cow farts and whatnot they they are only <laughs> uh, contributing contributing like two percent of the overall co2 admissions of the earth to put it into perspective volcanoes a naturally occurring <clears throat> landmark geographical landmark they produce more co2 than cows do in saying that Cows and volcanoes only contribute about five percent, five to eight percent of CO two emissions, and so the main, the main admitter of this is is methane combustion, otherwise known as gasoline combustion. Uh, We are pumping CO two into the atmosphere, Um, and that's that's really undeniable. if you have just even the slightest knowledge of how chemical equations turn out. So I'll give you an example of a planet that is like has so much CO2 in the atmosphere. So Venus, Venus is, is closer to the sun and it is a lot hotter than the earth. But what people don't realize, the reason that Venus is so hot is not because it's so much closer to the sun than the earth is it's because there is so much co2 carbon uh, by the way co2 carbon dioxide there's so much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that the heat can't escape from the atmosphere just imagine or visualize it as a, as an insulator it's like a, it's like a you're wearing a t-shirt imagine the t-shirt as your atmosphere and it breathes well you got one of those Nike or Under Armour, breathable, whatever. And then you got a a fleece jacket or like a skiing jacket that's a really good insulator that doesn't breathe well, that doesn't let things uh, go outside of it. It it holds things in. And so that's what CO2 does. And that's why that's why at like annual temperatures and averages are slowly but surely increasing. And that's, I mean, you can, I'm not trying to convince you of climate change or global warming like that. I really don't care if you believe that uh, or not. I mean, I do, but it's undeniable that, that this is, this is the mechanism behind why 
the earth is heating up. Now, how to stop that? I don't. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I just have the the speculation of of what the problem is. So I'm not acting like I'm not acting like I know how to fix it, but I'm just aware of it. Yeah, I feel you, man. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say cow farts either. I thought that was so funny. I I had to <laughs> almost turn my microphone off for a second because I said I kept laughing. But no, dude, it's crazy though. Like especially around where we live in the southern states, agriculture and farming is like a big part of the community and big part of um, just the environment around, uh, like the small towns where you know we grew up and stuff like that. So it you know it it's one of the bigger topics that people talk about uh, around here. And there's a lot of them over there, man. Um, you know, I, I like talking to people about it. Um, but it seems everyone I talk to um, like around there at the fair and stuff, you know, they have very valid points, you know, and things like that, but they don't, they don't even talk about any, any contradictory points. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they know a ton about beef and all that kind of stuff. And, what it does for the environment, what it does for the, you know, the economy and whatnot. But so I'm not, I don't argue with any of them. I just kind of like hear what they have to say, you know, and then make my own assumptions off what they say. But it's, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. So, and you look at the the flip side of that. So you're talking about like the farmers and how they have their one side. You look at other, the other side of that and the protesters against it, they, may have legitimate reasons to protest. But there are some people that do get caught up on that. Oh, these cows and uh, factory farming is so bad because of the admissions of the CO2 from the, from the cow farts. And uh, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is not them wanting to be accurate. That's them wanting to be right. So the argument that, that they should make, and, and if, they, if they want to side on that, is that it's not a sustainable practice. Uh, we create, or we raise way too much meat in this, in this country. Like half of our grain, half of our corn and grain go to feeding our cattle. <clears throat> and just imagine how much grain we're eating. Think about all the chips and all of the high fructose corn syrup that are in products that go to feeding us. Well, half of the overall production goes to feeding cattle. Um, so I think, it's, I think that losing sight of why you want to make an argument instead of I just want to be right is, is the main factor behind that. I'd, I would rather be accurate in, in the information to make a change than to be right and further harm or further divide uh just the public opinion really yeah interesting you say that as well about um factory farming and whatnot because i saw an article the other day and this one was actually pretty it wasn't necessarily biased it was uh it did a pretty a pretty fair job of accurately depicting both sides and they were talking about how meat itself like meat in its most pure form, you know, isn't really that bad. You know what I'm saying? In moderation, you can eat meat and whatnot. But it was saying these factory farms, they pump the cows the full of so many, like not necessarily just vitamins, but just all this stuff like antibiotics and protein and all this other stuff. 
and uh, it does something to the meat. And then once we ingest it, then we're also getting a, a minuscule amount of all the things that they've put into the cows to, you know, raise them and sustain them and keep them healthy, keep them alive and whatnot. So I thought that was interesting as well about how, you know, you can kind of see from both ways. And that's why um, um, I've seen a lot of other things about grass fed cattle and, you know, cattle that are raised with no additives and things like that. So that's also another topic of discussion that you can have with someone that's interested in that. So just to put this uh, into perspective, and I I don't know. like I have, I have my own thoughts and beliefs about um, like grain-fed cattle versus grass-finished cattle. Uh, and by the way, if you do want grass-fed cattle, look for grass-finished because grass-fed, you could they could feed them, <clears throat> they could literally feed them grass one day of their life and call them grass-fed. You want to go after the grass-finished cattle. That means that they were started and finished on grass. So uh, that's just like a USDA regulation. Anyways, so kind of to talk about how the literature, uh, meaning like the studies, the research, whatnot, have been done. So I'm sure, are you familiar like with the marbling of meat, Will? Yeah, isn't that just like the fat content that's inside of the muscle fibers or whatever? Yeah, that's what, that's what gives okay, it yeah. the, uh, the fat deposition, that white, those white streaky type things in your meat. Uh, you want a good a good cut that has a nice marbling. So think about this: the way that we get that marbling, because grass grass finished cattle really don't have too much marbling. It's going to be more in your grain fed cattle. So what do you do to get that marbling? Because you like really in a in a muscle, you don't want fatty streaks in your muscle because that decreases the quality of your muscle and your muscle function and whatnot as a human and as a cow. And the way that you get that marbling is you feed them a a whole lot of low-quality carbohydrates, which grain, they just feed them grain, 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 and you keep them in one spot. You keep them from roaming around. So think about that. Think about that in humans. What do we do? We eat a lot of low-quality carbohydrates, and we're very sedentary. We are marbling ourselves. <laughs> we're cows, dude. We're cows. We're yeah. fat cows. So you, you have all these very sedentary people that eat low-quality carbohydrates, and, and uh, yeah, we're cows, bro. <laughs> we're cows. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it like so that, you bro. Lose, For cows. Yeah, you lose you lose muscle function. Uh, you start gaining all this excess fat, and that's what that's what excess carbohydrate does. Is I mean, like you don't need to utilize it, and if you just keep it in your bloodstream, then you end up with what we were talking about earlier. You end up with uh, diabetes, which will eventually lead to kidney failure. Um, so instead of doing that, which that's, that's the route that some people's bodies take because I guess they have to, but somebody who has, I guess, better genes and can handle that, they're, they're going to adapt and they're going to store this fat. And so once the liver, once the liver 
takes on all the fat it can take. It starts depositing in your muscle fibers and your, your, your function just decreases. So this is like a spiraling effect, man. Don't be sedentary. <laughs> don't, don't eat low quality carbohydrates all the time. That's my advice. Don't be a cow. Don't be a cow. cow. (laughs) That's interesting, man. So there you go. There's Will and Gary's two cents on cattle. I did not expect to talk this much about nutrition. So I'm I'm sorry that I kind of got off on all that. No, dude, doesn't matter to me. We talk about whatever. That's That's how this show goes, Gary. Do you not remember how this show goes? We talk about what we want to talk about. You have to remind about. me. Bizarre. This is, this you, always, <laughs> you always have to remind me, man. You always do. That's okay. So Antonio Brown, bro. Dude, that's actually a kind of an insane story going on with that. Dude, so he you, was, you tell that story. He was... Okay, like... Antonio Brown, for those who don't know, he's an NFL football player. He's very talented, very good. He came out of uh, out of college. You know, he wasn't a super well-known draft pick or whatever. But he started to make a name for himself, trained real hard, turned into one of the NFL's best receivers, like making a ton of money, sponsorship with Nike, all the, all the, the whole nine yards, you know what I'm saying? Well, he started having problems with his teammates, you know, kind of having a bad attitude, which that happens every once in a while for you know, superstar athletes. Uh, they might be stressed or going through something that we don't know about because all we see is them playing on the field. So, you know, whatever. And then he, like, started acting really weird. Like, he, uh, you remember this, Gary? He went to cryotherapy and didn't wear the proper um, proper shoes or whatever. So his feet got frostbitten and he had to miss practice. Which I thought was really strange. Like, how does that happen? Oh, I thought that was so funny, bro. I laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> how are you going to do that, bro? You're in the NFL, and you didn't even go to, like, the Himalayas or anything, man. You just got frostbit in the machine. <laughs> Dude, that's so strange to me. And then he, uh, another thing that he did this year that was really weird was um, years ago, or it might have been last year, the NFL mandated that um, players had to wear these certain helmets that would help prevent concussions. So there's probably, I saw the other day, there's probably 200 helmets that the players can choose from um, that are you know approved by the NFL to help limit concussions and head trauma. And uh, he he refused to wear it. He said he wanted to wear his old helmet, and he threatened to retire from the NFL if he didn't get to wear his helmet. And he's making at least $15, $20 million a year. And he said he was going to quit because he wouldn't wear the approved helmets to help him not get a concussion, which I thought wasn't saying. So where, uh, where do you, like, do you think that they should have changed the helmets? What do you mean they should have, do you say, I think they should have changed the helmets when you say that? I mean, I mean, Antonio Brown obviously doesn't think they should have changed the helmets if he didn't want to switch over. So like, what, what, what's your stance on them changing the helmets? Like, what was the deal on that? Oh, I think they definitely should change the helmets because you have NFL players 
from years past, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that are starting to get CTE from, you know, multiple concussions and hits to the head. So I think anything they can do to uh, help players not have as many head injuries would be beneficial to the league. And the only reason he didn't so, want to wear it is because he said it, he said it impeded his vision when he was on the field, but it definitely didn't. Like, he had t- yeah, over 200 options he could, he could choose from. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I think Antonio Brown is an idiot, but I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to see his side, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I feel you. But then, after all this happened, um, hey, he hey, got signed to... Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so I just want to let you know, Paxton Texans, the Cardinals beat the Cubs. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. I got a notification on my phone. <sighs> He's, dude, I hate when he does that, bro. He acts like they're the best team ever, but they're <laughs> trash. Hey, Maybe he made the playoffs in... Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I won't talk about the Cubs and Cardinals. I'll talk about that forever. But Antonio Brown. So he finally comes back, uh, starts practicing again, whatever. Then he gets into it with like the general manager of the team he's playing for and the coach and he's like yelling at practice and like um storms off the of practice calls the general manager names whatever so says he wants to get cut from the team so they cut him from the team right um he gets signed by the by another team the patriots and then all this stuff comes out about how he allegedly assaulted this woman like his personal trainer two or three years ago so then he has all that going for him, and it's just an, it's just an insane thing, man. I've never seen anything quite like it. Like he gets accused of rape, sexual assault. He stops going to practice. Like I don't know. It's just like he's. I. Don't, it's like his mental health isn't there. You know, it's kind of strange because like he'd never done this before. He'd been in the NFL a few years and was totally normal. But then now, all of a sudden, everything's just like spiraling out of control for him. It's kind of strange. That is, and and now that you say that, because I, man, I, I love sports, I really do, but I just haven't been keeping up with it. Man, I got a lot of things going, and now that you say that, man, like maybe, I mean, he could be an idiot. I'm not counting that out, but it's like maybe he is like mentally impaired like i mean cte is a real thing uh, i haven't looked super heavy into it but there's a lot of doctors that that are backing the whole cta cte thing and saying it's a really serious thing yeah yeah and it was weird man like a, a lot of people were saying that uh the the woman that accused him of sexual assault was just trying to get some money because he had just signed like a deal and got like ten million dollars guaranteed, and it was from two or three years ago and whatnot, and it was only like a civil lawsuit. So any any say he would have been found guilty, all she would have received is money. He wouldn't have went to jail or anything. But uh, so that was a big topic of discussion. But we won't get into that. But I don't know, man. It's just it's so strange that he was just went from like an all star super high caliber player like nothing was wrong with him he was jiving with his team and then it's just like he flipped a switch he started not getting along with his teammates like i don't know 
I wonder if it was just all the cash that he accumulated went to his head. You know, money can change that a change a man. Definitely be it. That could definitely be it. So, I guess my takeaway from this and my little nugget for the listeners is, uh, don't let don't let things change your core values and who you are, man. Doesn't matter if you got fifty million dollars in the bank or fifty dollars in the bank. You just keep being a solid person, baby. Stay true to yourself. Yeah, for sure. So, is there anything else that you want to talk about, Will? Uh, no, dude. That's probably that's all I got. We we railed on for a little while. I know, dude. Like I looked up and it was, we got it over an hour already. That's crazy. So there yeah, is. We were just trying to get uh, a little. There, yeah, there is something that I want to uh, talk about just briefly. So I said I was going to the cabin. We'll see how this goes. So I, in my cohort <laughs> and I, uh, we we've I mean we've gotten along. Like we went out just about every weekend that I was able to, and they're really cool. I have I have a great time with them. Well, one of the girls from Arkansas, her parents have a cabin uh, out in the middle of nowhere on the Kings River in North Arkansas. So we're all, I'm actually leaving, leaving from shooting this podcast to go down there and we're, we're all going to go and fish and swim and whatnot. And so uh, it'll either go one of two ways. I'll spend the, spend the weekend with the, my class and have a good time or I'll spend the weekend on the river by myself and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> or it could end the third way. You show up out there and all your classmates just kill you. And then you go missing. Nobody <laughs> can find you. And then everyone, <laughs> everyone listening to this will be like, wait, we know where he is. He's at yeah, the cabin. You never, hey, you never know when you get a bunch of inebriated women what can go on. Dude, Cabin in the Woods. Have you ever seen that movie? Cabin in the Woods? No. It's insane. I can't I saw it a long time ago. Um you should definitely watch it. That's what happened. I can't even explain the movie because it's so crazy, but uh Cabin in the Woods, man. Gary in the Woods. <laughs> no, I'm not watching that movie before I go. Yeah, definitely don't. <laughs> Well, all right, Gary man. in uh, the so, woods. Yeah, man. It ain't easy being cheesy. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at GaryTheGreat96 for my music. And I actually created a new personal account. If you feel so inclined, uh, you can go follow me at Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, dot, columns c-o-l-l-u-m-s and you can also as always find me on snapchat at gary g-a-i-r-y and you can find me on instagram at will underscore pennington zero zero and on twitter at the scavenger 23 you can also find us on twitter at casual conversation podcast i'll say that once more at casual conversation podcast and we will be doing weekly uploads on there maybe once a week maybe two times if we're feeling frisky 
But before <laughs> before we end this off, I highly recommend you go follow Gary's uh, personal Instagram account and look at the picture of him in the lab coat. He looks like uh <laughs> he looks like a dentist straight off of a billboard. I mean, he looks <laughs> like you would see him in a magazine ad for like a dentistry place or a doctor or something, dude. <laughs> he looks just like a doctor. <laughs> hey, uh, man, I'll anyway. take that. Actually, <laughs> I might, uh, I need to put that picture up I made of you. It says like Columns Family Dentistry or something. Oh, it's so funny. Bro, dude, we can we can advertise the podcast with that next uh, next time when this one comes out. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, and you like you said before, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify, oh my gosh. Stitcher. I oh, dude, I totally forgot what we were on. Anyway, go check us out. Um, and we'll be, I'm going to start putting the podcasts up every Monday again. So every Monday, baby, right on time, like clockwork. Consistency is key. We'll see, we'll see how long but, it goes. We'll see how long it goes, but man, that's all <laughs> I got. All right, man. Well, I'm fixing to go to the cabin. Gary out. The cabin. Uh, uh, later. <laughs>